All right. Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Oklahoma. Today is Thursday, April the 12th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 50. We're on the second paragraph in our personal stories, reading through two paragraphs, ending with, let's look at the record. Comments will be on both paragraphs. Today's readers are 12 Steps, Rowan M., 12 Traditions, Holly S., and the readers of the text will be Rini M., Susan H., and Terry N. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, April 11th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 11275, 11275, and the 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 11279, 11279. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no positions on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Rowan M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Rowan. Good morning. This is Rowan M. in New York. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Rowan M. Um, and if everybody would please make sure they're muted by pressing star one, I could hear a little background noise so we could have a nice quiet meeting. And next, I will have Holly S. 
read the 12 traditions. Hey, Holly. Holly, press star one. Can't hear you, Holly. One more time, Holly, you there? Star one. Can I let you be helpful? I can step in. Go ahead. Thanks, Mel. 12 traditions. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, or other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. My apologies if I interrupted your flow of service here, Kelly. Pause. No, great. Thank you, Melanie. Appreciate it. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. So today, we are resuming our study of the big book. We're on page 50. We're starting on the second paragraph. It starts out with, in our personal stories, we're going to read through two paragraphs ending with, let's look at the record, and we'll be commenting on both those paragraphs, and Irene M. is going to do this for us. Good morning, Irene. Good morning, and thank you so much, Kelly, for your service. 
And good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. In our personal stories, we will find a a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with a particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us that these are matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. There are questions for each individual to settle for himself. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has in each case accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman puts it, let's look at the record. Oh, good morning. So I came into this program disconnected and lost, and my spiritual journey started by getting connected to a power greater than myself. Having that willingness to go to any lengths to get connected with the right source of the power was the answer to all of my problems. You know, it's about being guided by this power and receiving strength to do the things that I could never do, to be comforted and to be inspired. And no matter what is going on, I am moving forward in the direction that I was meant to be, which is happy, joyous, and free, and no longer feeling restless, irritable, and discontent. This is what it means to be in the fellowship of the spirit. And what, you know, what what does spirituality mean to each and every one of us is so personal. You know, it's an intimate relationship that we all choose to have and cultivate. It's about being alert, aware and awake. When I sponsor someone, I don't expect them to believe in my spiritual belief, just as long as they know that there's a power greater than themselves and that they are not the power, and they are well on their way to be recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's our personal stories that make us unique and beautiful in our own way. We all have a different way towards the light of the Spirit, just as long as we all know that we are not God and we need God in our lives. This program is so divinely written that it makes it all-inclusive and never-exclusive. On page 25, it talks about the solution to our problem. There is a simple kit of spiritual tools laid at our feet that is going to rocket us into the fourth dimension. The great fact, which means the truth and the truth always sets us free, continues to say that we had deep and effective spiritual experiences which have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life. Change has taken place, and how is that possible? It says it on this page here that our Creator has entered into the hearts and lives in a way which is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do on our, ourselves. And wow, what a statement, what a truth, what a promise. Our purpose becomes God's purpose. This is the transformation from self-centered to God-centered. We are reborn into what God would have us be. This is done to us and not by us. 
And how beautiful is that? And this is how change happens by accepting this gift of a new life. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you so much, Irini M. Okay, so who would like to paragraph or who would like to comment on the paragraphs that were just read? Harlan G. Harlan? Susan H. Christy. Christy G. Larry K. Anybody else? So here's who I have so far. Harlan G., Susan H., Chrissy, I don't have your last initial, Craig F., and Larry K. Well, everybody, please start, uh, you know, press whatever, star one to mute, and we'll start with Harlan G., followed by Susan H. Hey, Harlan. Hey, Kelly. Uh, Thank you for your service, and not only Kelly, but also to Team Thursday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I'm Harlan G. I'm in. Uh, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are in the chapter We Agnostics. What is an agnostic? Ag means without. Gnostic means knowledge. And we are in the chapter We Agnostics because this is a chapter dedicated to Step Two. And one of the books that was most influential in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous was a book called The Varieties of Religious Experience by a psychologist named William James. William James was a psychologist writing a book for other psychologists. And in the book, he talked about people and their experience, what they were like, what happened and what they're like now, and how they found God, how they found their religious experience. It's very It's not very easy reading, but it is the basis for why we have the personal stories in our book. And it was a book very popular in the Oxford group around the time of the formation of AA. And it says here very, very simply, in our personal stories, you find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives the power, capitalized, which is greater than himself. And for every person on this line and for every person in OA, there is a different story of how we found a higher power. But if there's one thing we all have in common from what I've heard since 1979 and from my personal experience, we have to be convinced beyond doubt that there is a God and that it's not us. And until that feeling is wrestled away from me, that feeling of I can handle this, I can do this, I will not be able to open myself to that higher power. It says on one proposition in the second paragraph, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. If I have conceived of the doctor's opinion If I have conceived of page 30, the first step, if I have believed to the core of my soul that I am powerless over food, now I'm ready to do business. And that it is the depth at which I will accept step one, which will mark the urgency that I will move forward in the rest of the steps. Now, around the time of the 1930s, 
Alfred E. Smith was running for president of the United States, first Roman Catholic to do so. Alfred E. Smith ran against Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and his big saying, his big expression was, let's look at the record. And if we look at the record, my life run on my will, run my way, simply sucked. I just kept Hi. getting I just kept getting fatter and Can't fatter, hear worse and worse. And Can with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. And there's somebody in the background unmuted um, a woman's voice. So if you could please make sure you press star one to mute. And next up, we have Susan H. followed by Chrissy. Hey, Susan, good morning. Hi, this is Susan H. I'm a recovery compulsive eater from Ohio. Um <clears throat> I was grateful to listen to Harlan first. I, I appreciate his reflections. In the first paragraph, we looked at the wide variety of approaches and conceptions of God you can find in our fellows. Um, we were reassured that the highway, in, that, in this paragraph, we reassured that the highway is broad. There is room for all these matters about which we need not be worried. These are matters about which we need not be worried. I am very grateful for that freedom to be individual, and it's absolutely encouraged. We agnostics can be so stubborn. It's so hard to, uh, yeah, to just uh, acquiesce to a higher power, but there's room for all of us here. Uh, The point and the striking fact is that these men and women in all their individuality agree there is a higher power, and it is not me. Uh, he has accomplished the miraculous in my life. And I am agreeing and shouting the good news now. And, yeah, we, 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 can, all, we can all agree on that fact. I was powerless, and uh, I have found a power who could solve my problems. And I am so grateful, so grateful for the fact I'll pass. Thank you, Susan H. Um, Chrissy is up next, followed by Craig. Craig F. Chrissy, what's your initial of your last name? It's G. G? G, Chrissy G. All right. Yeah, hi, this is Chrissy G, (laughs) recovered compulsive overeater, and I... uh, I lost a phone call at one point, and, and I was like, is anybody there? So that was me. I apologize. I thought we lost Harlan. But I was, I was lost. Um, but I'm not lost anymore. And that's really what this is about for me. You know, it's like I remember when I was first trying to really work a step two and trying to get a conception of God that worked. Because that's what it's about. It's about a conception of God that works, a faith that works. What does that mean? It, it doesn't mean that I just believe, but it means that in my everyday life, I'm able to use this faith in a way to empower myself to to get over different trials and to be able to um, not see things clearly. Obviously, we only see the day ahead of us. We're in the moment. We don't know what happens in the future. To be able to live that way and to trust God, to have a trust and reliance upon God to such an extent that I don't just pretend to be okay, but I really do feel okay in my skin and I'm I'm not 
I'm not in worry. I'm not in, in fear. I'm not looking for outside comfort because I'm so vulnerable to, to every bad thing that might happen in the world. You know, it's a faith that works. It's an armor. It's a shield against bad things happening in my life. And it's not that bad things don't happen. It's a shield against them, which means that they can't penetrate the true core happiness and the true core faith and, and relationship that I established. And the belief and the understanding that there's a God and he's good. Not just that there's a God, but there's a God that he's good and that he loves me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chrissy G. Next up, Craig F., followed by Larry K. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Kelly. How are you? Doing well. Uh, thank you for your service. Um, this is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, I, I wanted to share on this because it, it seemed so uh, so powerful to me. Um, in the second paragraph, it says, in our personal stories, you'll find uh, a wide variety in, 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 in all this. But there's one thing it says that, oh, in the second paragraph. There's on one proposition, however, these men and women are are strikingly agreed. And you know, if you get a hundred drunks that are that are fairly newly sober, and you can get them all agree on one thing, that's going to be that's going to seem to me to be very important. Um, you know, uh, we're not arguing about one thing, and and you know, and then it goes on to tell us what that one thing is, and it, and you know, we illuminate that by saying what it doesn't say. Uh, you know, uh, every one of them uh, has gained access to and and uh, goes to a lot of meetings. No, it doesn't say that. It says and every one of them has uh, uh, made three outreach calls a day. No, it doesn't say that. It, it what it says is that they've gained access to a power greater than themselves, uh, and. Uh, the power in, in this case accomplishes the miraculous, the human, humanly impossible. And it's humanly impossible. In, in other words, it can't be done by the force of my will. It, it, it can't be done by uh, education, by uh, learning all about the inner wellsprings of my mind, uh, like Roland Hazard found out. It, it can't, it, it, it's done because I've gained access. This, this recovery, this power, that allows me to recover is is because I've gained access to a power greater than myself and the power that has accomplished the miraculous. And, you know, we which takes us back to that three-letter word in step 12, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So it's telling us that, we're, that they all agree that they've had to uh, make contact with this power greater than themselves and then and then from here on in the book it's going to tell us how to do that how to how to how to clear up that channels between me and that power greater than myself and through surrender and inventory and and uh, pleading my case asking for my character defects to be removed and and uh, by making amends for the things I've done wrong in other words, to take away the guilt and the fear and the resentments that block me from this power greater than myself, and and you know the, those instructions are are simple, uh, and yet we complicate them and it confounds us, 
and and uh, but they remain here if we just look for them. Fine. And I'm grateful for that. And with that, I guess I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Craig F. Next up, Larry K. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Um, the, you know, it, it, it talks about this power as in each case accomplish the miraculous, the humanly impossible. You know, it may, you know I, w- I want to think about this morning about miracles, focus on, on miracles, this notion of a miracle. See, we set the bar for believing in miracles very high. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and I think, you know, maybe that's all to the good. I don't know. After all, I you know, maybe I don't want to attribute any good fortune or coincidence to the miraculous nature of my higher power. You know, maybe that's the case. But for me, you know, make no mistake, I, I you know, I, can, I make no apologies for, for a spiritual explanation today for my reprieve from the disease of self. I, I was given a reprieve from the obsession to binge eat. And, you know, once, once I straightened out spiritually, um, you know, my, bo- my body, my physical body began to change, that's for sure. My emotions began to change, too. That was one of the promises, too. My mental state began to change. I'm not the same man that I used to be. You know, for me, um, you know, I've heard it said that it, it, it's not the, that modern men and women cannot believe in miracles. Rather, it's just that they need to be shown how. I needed to be shown how to believe in a miracle. It was through these actions. I thought it was a feeling that I would get. But it was ironic. It was through the actions. And, and lacking awareness or personal experience with the divine, it didn't provide cover for me for negating the truth of your miracle just because I had not had a sustainable connection with the, the divine didn't negate your truth of what was revealed to you, you know, that if it did, that would be like a colored, colorblind person negating the belief in the color spectrum. They haven't seen the color spectrum, so they negate your truth. See, the bottom line was, I, I couldn't stop eating. Now I can. That's true. Is that a coincidence? Is that some, Am I under some delusion for the past many years now? Well, I'll take that delusion. I'll take that brainwashing if that's what what you want to call it. I, I know it's something different because I don't think the way I used to think. I, I most certainly don't feel the way I used to feel, and, and thus I, I don't act the way I used to act. I'm not perfect by any means, but I know what was revealed to me, and just because I couldn't see the color spectrum before didn't mean that it didn't occur. it didn't occur in your life, what was revealed in your life. I saw you change. So I could, I could hear, can't you hear recovery on this line? I don't need to see you. Now, if I heard it and I saw you and you were 500 pounds, thanks so much, Kelly, wrapping up. Um, you know, that might be revealing to me. But I can hear recovery today. Thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry. Okay, just a reminder, we're on page 50. We're on the second paragraph starting with In Our Personal Stories. We're reading through two paragraphs, ending with Let's Look at the Record, and we're commenting on both paragraphs. And who would like to share on these paragraphs today? Lisa B. Lisa R. Colleen M. 
Was that Holly M? Tina Holly. Vasa O. Wait a minute. Was that Sarah Holly? A? Okay, wait. Holly, Tina, Vasa. Who else? Sarah Melissa C. I heard somebody before Melissa C. Sarah A. Not Nessa. Well, let's stop there. Let's all please put a star one to remute your phone. Here's the lineup I have. Lisa B, Nessa R, Holly, didn't get your initial if there was a Holly, Tina S, Vasa O, Melissa C, and Mara Z. So we will start with Lisa B followed by Nessa R. Good morning, Lisa. Lisa, are you there? Press star one. Good morning, Kelly. This is Lisa. There's still a lot of background noise. Like I know. I wasn't oh. sure if that was you. Can everybody who's unmuted recently please press star one to make sure that you're muted today? All right. That sounds better. Go ahead, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Well, in the stories, you know, there's so much I learn uh, from listening to your stories, especially the special editions, those focused presentations done by recovered compulsive overeaters and the stories in the back of the big book. And the line that I wanted to talk about is experience has taught us that we, that these are matters about which, uh, experience has taught us that these are matters about which for our purpose we need not be worried. I don't have to worry right now in this process when I go through the 12 steps almost in a mechanical way I mean it really is important that the the message go from my head to my heart but a a powerful experience will happen you know and it says here that uh, we've had deep and effective spiritual experiences and I can listen to these experiences through all of you but you know what really jumped out for me this morning when I was listening to the reading and the share is in, in our big book, there is a chapter called The Family Afterward, and it says material well-being always followed spiritual progress. It never proceeded. You know, I always wanted to cut corners. I just wanted to take the easier, softer way. I just wanted to cut through, cut through what I thought was just all a whole bunch of crap. But it turns out that everything, every morsel in this big book is there for a reason, and it's in a precise order for a reason. You know, in my arrogance, in my ego, in my impatience, in my intolerance, um, I just don't want to go through the process. But I had to go through the process. And today, you know, material progress, which material for me is bodily health, emotional health, spiritual well-being, financial well-being, marital happiness, balance in my friendships, um, just balance in my emotions, a sane sound spiritual life came as a result of putting that that um my spiritual progress first and always enlarging my spiritual life that is the only hope for me the only solution for me that's it that's it you know and getting entirely abstinent really deeply understanding what dr silkworth means and then if i have a break in my abstinence i need to go back to step one and not pick up where i left off in the steps and cut through corners. I need to go back because I need to have a deep and effective spiritual experience. So I'm so grateful today that for today, through my higher power and you guys, I'm learning, you know, the easier, softer way is not the easier, softer way. It's the most painful way. 
cutting corners is the painful way that being absent and recovered is the happy, joyous, and free way. It's not always easy. It can be really hard. But when I see that I'm going to die, then that's the only answer. Um, I'm happy to do it. It takes so much less out of me than what the food used to take out of me. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Next up is Nessa R. followed by Holly. Nessa, are you there? I am. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, I love um, that this paragraph uses the phrase gain access because, you know, um, a sexist um, became a... Um, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. And that belief is very important, but it's only a beginning because if belief was enough, I, I would have recovered um, decades ago. I didn't even have to come into the rooms to recover um, and, you know, do all this work to recover if belief, uh, that belief was enough. I've always believed that God could solve all my problems. The fact that I misdiagnosed my problems, I guess it's, it's besides the point. You know, of course, my, you know, I thought that my problems were the food and the weight and people not doing what they were supposed to do and society not function the way it should, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I knew that God could fix anything. You know, I've always known God is omnipotent. He can do anything and everything. And I asked him and I ordered him. And of course, um, that didn't work. And, uh, you know, the key thing here is gain access. And why do I have to gain access? That means I don't have access now. And I don't have access now because I'm blocked from God. You know, I only know what my will for God is. I don't know what God's will for me is. And that, that, is, that is the key difference. Um, and the blockages, of course, are the food which if I'm in, if I'm, in, I'm in step two, then the food is no longer an issue. But there's still clamors within myself, you know, my worldly clamors, my selfishness, my self-seeking, my fears, my dishonesty, you know, uh, my, my, my self-will that are blocking me from God and preventing me from having access to him. And this is where the steps come, come in, you know. Um, Step two just tells me, okay, there is a solution, but in order for you to avail yourself of the solution, you've got to take certain steps, and that's what the next, next steps are, you know, um, removing those blockages so that I can gain access. You know, in step three, I decide to remove those blockages. In steps four through nine, I remove them. In step 10, I keep them removed. You know, I keep clearing them as they come up. And in step 11, I have access, you know, the prayer and meditation. You know, I guess I've always um, uh, been told prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. You know, to go into the, to the 12 steps, I become open to God's will for me, even if it may be counter to my own will for me. And that's what access means. And I am so thankful that now I have that access, that clarity. When people speak about clarity, that's what it, what, what, what it means. It means knowing what is God's will in this situation for me and having the willingness to, to do it. And it's a, a much easier way to live in my past. Thank you, Nessa R. And then next up is, uh, is this Holly? This is Colleen. Colleen, there's a lot of background noise. Well, are you driving? 
I am. Okay, well, we'll try it. It's pretty a lot of background noise while you're driving. Is that better? Or, yes, and what was your name again? It's Colleen with a C from Maryland. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Colleen. That's okay. That's way, way better. So, okay, Colleen, and okay. Minute, you, you're, you're going to be next. So um, go ahead, Colleen. Thank you. All right. I'm a compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, who shared. And I just wanted to plug in that um, – you know, finding my higher power, and, and like many have already said, that um, I've had a, you know, I grew up in a church. I've always believed in God, but as long as I was in my addiction, uh, I could not get connected to my higher power or stay connected. So I had to get the food down first. And the more that I can, and that's a daily battle, so the more that I can keep my food uh, abstinent, the more I have access to my higher power. And, and many people have said, you know, I don't think the same way. I don't feel the same way because I am not in my addiction. Um, I love the fact that we all have our own stories and that my way doesn't have to be your way. And I get to work this, you know, I get to work this program the way it works for me. And it's taken a lot of years to figure that out. A lot of, I've done it perfectly imperfect, but, um, just wanted to play my seat, say hello. I love this meeting, and I'm going to pass. Thank you so much, Colleen. Next up, Tina S., followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, Tina, recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. And I really just tried to listen this morning, but I just couldn't. <laughs> You know, one of the things that I love about being in this meeting is that I hear so much and I really learn so much and such wonderful shares this morning, you know, and I'm all all on board with that, you know, I gained access, you know, I'm, I'm able to obtain a way, okay, now that's the good news, you know, but there is work to be done, you know, I can have all the access in the world and stay in step one. You know, it is what am I willing to do? You know, because the disease for me is is powerless and unmanageability, whatever the substance may be. And so the solution is always 2 through 12. And it's having had a spiritual waking. It isn't being free of um, outside clamor. It isn't being, uh, you know, uh, happy, joyous, and free through uh, material stuff, through people doing what I want them to do. It's being happy, joyous, and free with who I am, where I am, so that I can have the ability to live this life, okay, that God has so graciously given me in a way that I'm able to be of service, you know, and to be happy within that. And that comes for me, you know, and I say this just for me so that I can really hear it. It's through two through 12. You know, I have to do the work. You know, I sat in the rooms for many years right next to people that were living happy, joyous, and free and just, you know, getting closer, hoping that I could just get it through osmosis. was not my experience, still is not my, my experience. And what I love today is that one day at a time, not next week, hopefully next week, but one day at a time. Today, I can do this deal and I can get the result and, and certainly live happy, happy, joyous, and free. But that'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Next up, Vasa O. followed by Melissa C. Hey, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service and good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive, Ovita calling from Florida. And uh, when I was uh, 12 step before I was brought to my first meeting, um, my sponsor had asked me, I already had a sp- 
sponsor because she was a friend of mine that uh, was coming to Overeaters Anonymous for a while, and she was 12-stepping me without me knowing she was doing that. And um, I, was, I had the gift of desperation. I remember her said, said to me at that time, she said, do you want to lose the weight? Do you want to put the food on? I said, of course I do. I've, tried to, I've been trying to do this for 25 years of my life, and I couldn't do it. And she said, are you ready to go to any length to go through to be able to do that? I said, of course I will. And she said to me, just don't hurt yourself and don't hurt yourself, whatever you're doing, you know. And uh, she, to me, she said, I needed to find a power greater than myself to help me and, you know, and, and work the 12 steps. And I said, I said yeah. I'm ready. I'm willing because the way I'm going, I, it's going to kill me, you know. And uh, it was very, very simple. That I was ready. I was ready to hear the the message. Maybe months ago or a year ago, two years ago, maybe I would have been ready. But I was so ready and I was so willing. And she said, "It's Vasa, the key is surrender. And I love to hear other people's stories. And we are, all come from different um, stories, you know, and we have different experience. My experience was good news to hear and surrender and work the 12 steps and to surrender to a higher power greater than yourself. And I was ready and I was willing. I needed to be shown. She told me how to do it. Get on your knees, Vasa. And I did go in the bathroom, got on my knees. I listened. I did what she wanted. She told me. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I did it anyways. I got on my knees in my bathroom, and I surrendered. And I said, God, please help me. Forgive me for my sins I had committed. I was terrified to surrender because I grew up with a fear for punishing God. I didn't know whether this God was going to strike me down or raise me. Well, I was raised. I felt a power go through me. It was like electrical. It went from my head to my heart. I, you know, I was so happy to get up. I wasn't dead yet, you know. So that's when I started using my higher power. Somehow I thought I needed to see it, to touch it, to believe it. That's when I was connected. And this power gave me the strength to be abstinent. And I prayed every day, every meal. When meals, I wrap it up. And that's when I got the access, but I needed to put the food down and use the high, this higher power for everything gradually. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Next up, Melissa C., followed by Mara Z. Good morning, Melissa. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, step two is that you know, that um, a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity, not has. And so um, I mistakenly thought, um, you know, that my conception of God had to be really firm. I really had to have a conception of God before I could take step two, before I could move on with the steps. And that's not, that's not what it says. You know, it says that, um, that I will get contact with a higher power, that I will have this conception of God. And 
so yeah, for years I sat there saying, well, I don't believe in God and I don't believe in this. And yeah, so it didn't work. You know, um, what I really needed was to say, I need to believe in this. And, and even though it doesn't make sense, I'm going to do it because I have no other options left, you know. And so when I work with people, um, we have great conversations about finding a higher power, about forming a conception. And, you know, I had a beautiful conversation yesterday with a sponsee who was asking me, you know, how do you make sense of a God, you know, in, in light of bad things that happen in your life? And, you know, and I had a real beautiful opportunity to tell her um, about some of the bad things that happened in my life and that I realized my conception of God was that I was never going to understand certain pieces about life and that was going to have to be okay with me. Um, you know, in or I can use this power and not understand it. And so you know, we have this great conversation. Whether she's going to buy into my concept of God is irrelevant. You know, what is really important is that she knows if she's going to recover, she has to know that she's going to need a conception of God. And that's really what this is telling me, that all people who recover, they somehow have a conception of a power greater than themselves. And it's okay if our conceptions vary. They do vary. I mean, just listening on the line, people talking about getting on their knees and praying, that's awesome for them. That's not how I connect with my higher power. And, and that's okay, too. There's room for all of us, all of our experiences here. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Next up is Mara Z. Good morning, Mara. Thank you. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for your service. Thank you for this meeting and everyone who does service today. More Z recovered in Virginia. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. This power has, in each case, accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. And starting my timer late. Sorry, Kelly, watch me on that, please. So, um... I can certainly list the miracles in my life, the big ones that that God has done for me. Um, It's the little things, though, that when accumulated are making the biggest changes in me and my letting go of character defects. That's where I find him most in the little things, like sending me gods with skin on to point out in rapid succession in in the span of like four weeks that you're still doing this, Maura, and you're still doing this X is negatively affecting people around you and negatively affecting people in program. And... I could not sit there and just say, well, you know, the heck with them. I'm just going to be this way. No, I can't. I must be in all things conscious of the power of God that resides inside me. And if I am to do that, I have to be aware of what his will is for me today. And I don't have to know specific marching orders, but I know in my heart what's right 
And I know that in order to affect a positive change in my local community, in my little life, I have to change and I have to let go of certain character defects. Gods with skin have been lovingly telling me certain things. One particular fellow, a dear friend of mine, was put in a position of telling me things that really, truly hurt me. And I needed to hear them because I want, above all else, to be of service. I don't want to negatively impact anyone. I'm not going to mollycoddle anybody, but I don't have to be a bull in a china shop to get the message across. My primary purpose is to be of maximum service to God and those about me. And if I'm bringing a negative message, that's not accomplishing what his will is for me today. These are the little tiny miracles that have big impacts in me and my personal life and how I relate to the world. I can list all the big ones, and they're big. But these little ones, these are the ones that shape who I am on a daily basis. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Marzi. We have time for a couple more shares. Who wants Charles to share? H. Charles. Sarah A. Ross M. Wait, who is it? Sarah? Yes. Okay. Let's start Juliet. there. We already have um, three people, so I don't know if we'll have time for all of them. depends on if you each do two minutes, we might. Charles H., Sarah A., and Russ M. So, Charles H., you're up. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Um, you already called my name, so I ain't going to spend no seconds saying my name again. Um, I'm just so grateful. Uh, you know, in our personal stories, see, I'm not like y'all and y'all ain't like me. We all different. We got our, our own ways and our own conceptions of God and our own interpretation of God. Um, see, see, my story is I thought I was the plug. I thought I was the outlet, yet still I was disconnected. I didn't realize that I could be, I could have access to that power. I didn't realize that, um, that I, 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 that, I, that I wasn't God. I didn't realize that for real. And this may sound, this may sound crazy, but it's my story. I'm hood. I ain't. You know what I mean? I don't. I'm not no intellect. I'm not a psychologist. I'm type. I'm a type of dude that I come from a place where um, we got to go get ours and screw everybody else. And this was. I've been in the woods like 40 years, so it took a long time to get out of the woods. And the woods is my mind. You know what? What you talking about? I, I, I don't understand God, but I stand under God today. Um, and, and for me, God could be a group of drunks, a gang of dummies, a group of donuts. As long as it ain't me, and as long as I trust it, and as long as it's powerful. Like I ain't got I ain't got to talk about I ain't got to talk about theology here, and I don't got to get I don't feel no type of way when people talk about theology or talk about church or talk about atheism and agnostics. I I say I'm a believer, but I'm still agnostic because I'm human. <laughs> So with that, I'll pass. I'm going to leave some time on the clock. It ain't that serious. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it. Next up, Sarah A., followed by Russ M. Hey, Sarah. Sarah? Did I hear Sarah? Sorry. So, yeah, I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm muted and unmuted okay. and muted and unmuted. <laughs> uh, this is thing? Sarah, recovered in New York. Um I think it was so profound that I hadn't been, you know, hadn't been able to listen to a meeting in a bit, and I just 
Um, I'm working, I'm relatively new to program, relatively newly recovered, working with my first sponsee. And we just completed, I mean, I don't think we ever complete, but completed step one. And I just, and then I turn on today and you're, and, and, you know, we're still in we agnostics. And I love that part that people were talking about that a hundred, you know, that everybody came to the same conclusion that it was all, you know, that, that there's a power greater than ourselves. And that's what, that's what recovery is all about. Um, and the miracles um, that I just, I see, I'm, I'm still, you know, it's still, um, it's so deep for me, you know, that I am, you know, through, through God's grace, able to keep my food down, that I feel a connection to him that I've never felt before. Um, that I know that, you know, uh, that, you know, the holidays, you know, Passover just came and went. I had family over. There was stress and there was tension and pain and I didn't eat. And, and I did, you know, I was able to stay connected. I was able to let those waves of pain wash over me. I mean, the reason I came into program was not about a tremendous amount of weight loss. Um, I only had a few pounds left to lose. Somehow my progression of my disease had me lose 40 pounds and still be in the food somehow, you know, but in smaller ways. And I thought it was, I had beat this, but I hadn't beaten this. I could eat just enough. One package of cookies and a coffee was just enough to keep me, just enough to keep me numb, even if it wasn't about the weight anymore. And to be in a place where I, you know, where through my connection to, which I'm, which I'm growing. I mean, I've, I've, I, I, I am religious. I had a, I, I knew there was a God, but I didn't believe he cared about my food. And I didn't believe that, that he, I, I don't think I believed really that he loved me. I think that I, you know, I felt I had to control and run everything. And I'm little by little learning that, that, you know, that he does love me and that I don't have to be in control. Um, and I was able to get through the holiday, you know, abstinence. And I, you know, we just, you know, I, I've had tremendous fears around money. Another miracle for me is, you know, one of the ways that I was abused in my childhood was financial abuse. And I allowed my father to be my accountant for the first 25 years of my marriage, abusing me every April 15th. And I just found out this week that we owe a very large amount of money in taxes and I didn't have to turn to food. And that's the miracle of this program. That's the miracle of recovery. And I'm grateful for um, the connection that I have with my higher power to know that everything in my life is, is good and that there's room for all of us here. You know, it's, it's, it's not everybody has to be the same or believe in the same way, but that there's room for all of us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank Time. you. Thank you. And Russ M., you have one minute. If you'd like to take it, we'd love to hear from you. All right, Kelly. Thank you. No pressure. Russ M., <laughs> recover compulsive reader outside of Philly. Coming in, the program I was a, you know, in the faith, and I knew God, but I was so broken I had to go along with it. And now I realize, um, right now I realize how much I was playing God, how I blocked God, and not just through the food, just trying to control life. So you know, it's a daily thing trying to surrender it over. But I see those miracles not just in my weight and my food, but in other aspects of my life. So thanks for letting me share. I love you guys. You did that in 30 seconds. Way to go. Okay, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Thursday, April the 12th, is 11282. 
11282. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Susan H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yeah, this is Susan H. Thank you, Kelly, for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.